We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. This is the final podcast of the 2016 preseason. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of Bear Report here with Bears insider Aaron Lemming. What's the good word, Aaron? Well, uh, you just kind of said, man, it is the last week of preseason, so we can start talking some real football come next week. Yeah, and you know, we can start talking about a lot of things that happened today, uh, not only with the Bears, but around the NFL. This was a big day. Uh, in terms of news, and a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, roster changes happened. The Bears finalized their, their uh, f- first wave of cuts. The roster is down to 75 players, and uh, they'll have another wave of cuts here on Saturday, cut down to another 22 uh, players, and get down to that final 53-man roster. So a lot of change going to happen on this roster. We're finally going to get a, a good look and a final look at what this uh, roster is going to look like heading into 2016. That's very exciting. Uh, but let's talk about some of the players who weren't able to make the team. Uh, the Bears uh, went from 90 to 75. That uh, 15 players got cut. Anybody on this list that surprises you at all, Aaron, uh, in terms of uh, guys who you might thought would have been able to stick around a little bit longer? You know, I think uh, Keith Brown was probably one of the big ones. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there was really room on the 53 outside of maybe an injury within the defensive line, but I thought he played pretty well. The only thing I didn't really un- really know about him was the fact that he's already 28 years old. But outside of that, I think the only one that was, I wouldn't call it a surprise, it was a little confusing, was why Robertson Harris going on the uh, non-football injury list. Uh, so that basically means it's basically a pup, so, at least from my understanding, so he'll be out the first six weeks of the season. Now what that tells me is, 
they were able to use some sort of injury designation so that way they didn't have to risk putting him on the practice squad or trying to put him on the practice squad and him go through waivers. And I think this kind of speaks to the value that they see in him. He was an undrafted free agent, and realistically, he may be the only undrafted free agent to end up making the team when this is all said and done. But outside of that, I mean, it's, like you said, you're pretty pretty basic run-of-the-mill cuts. How about you? No, not a, not a whole lot surprised me. I think Browner, uh, he was a guy that we uh, thought maybe deserved uh, to, to stay on the roster a little bit longer. But sometimes with these veterans, they get an early cut just so that maybe they can find another spot, give them a little bit more time to find another spot on another roster. I think it was just a loaded position that the Bears have right now, and I think they're actually going to have to make a, a hard decision along that defensive line uh, beyond Browner as to who they're going to be able to keep and cut. So uh, I think he may, he maybe deserved to stick around a little bit longer, but he was just it's a, it's a tough situation for him. And I think the same goes for Kieran Duncan, who... Uh, showed a lot uh, during uh, rookie minicamp, earned, earned an opportunity to, to try out, and uh, you know, didn't do anything wrong, but I think it was just a, a situation where they, but the Bears already had a couple of players who uh, the same type of still set as Duncan, have that speedy, uh, undersized still set, and uh, ha- have return experience as well, so I just think it was another uh, situation that just wasn't right for Duncan, but other than that, not a whole lot of surprises as far as the players that the Bears cut. Uh, Bears did make it official today, Center Honus Drasu is uh, officially placed on the injured reserve list. And uh, quarterback Connor Shaw, who broke his leg in the, that third preseason game, he's also going to be on IR. And uh, at least, you know, from in that scenario, at least Shaw will probably get a reserve contract next year and, and get another opportunity with the Bears because he did look good in that third preseason game. Uh, but uh, no other uh, surprises. Like you said, Roy Roberts and Harris will be uh, uh, available to come off of that uh, uh, IR designation that he has, the non-football illness designation, six games. It's basically the equivalent of the pup, like you pointed out. So uh, we'll, we'll see what he's able to do. He's, he's that guy. He, he was, he's been ill for most of the, of the training camp in the preseason, has great NFL size, but they just couldn't get him on the field. So maybe this is an opportunity for them to uh, keep him on the roster and give him a, a, a look later on. Uh, when he might be a little bit healthier, so uh, that th- those are the that's where the Bears roster is right now at that 75 players. And uh, as we head into that final preseason game this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Time against the Cleveland Browns, and uh, there's going to be a lot of players that uh, aren't going to play. Not only uh, you know in terms of the starters probably aren't going to play, but also a lot of players injured, and some some big names are injured for the Bears right now. And we're going to start with Kyle Long, uh, the three-time Pro Bowler. At right guard and uh, still dealing with that shoulder injury, but I was told today a couple of people, uh, a couple sources told me the Bears do expect him to play week one uh, and uh, it'll just be a matter of pain tolerance for him. Are you hearing the same things? I have, uh, and something else that I heard was a little interesting, and it, it's really tough, especially since Ryan Pace has taken over. It's, it's really tough to kind of get a grip on what information is real and what's not. And one of the things I was told was that he's going to, at some point, either some point this season, hopefully not, but probably at the end of the season, he may need to have some sort of cleanup done, like a scope done. So uh, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I, I'm pretty sure we probably, you know, all heard the same thing about the labrum uh, issue. So I think it's something to monitor. I really do. I I, I'm a little worried just because that's a that's that's an injury that's not going to heal itself. This is something that's going to have to be taken care of at some point. Like he pointed out, it's all about pain tolerance right now, and he's their best offensive lineman. I mean, John Fox said it himself. I mean, that was the worst half of football that he's seen in a while. So it's they have to have these guys ready to go, and I think one of the biggest keys really on the team, and especially on the offense, is going to be Kyle Long. So hopefully he's good to go. Yeah, you bring up you bring up a good point about. 
Uh, the difference between that second preseason game and the third preseason game, and the Bears, the Bears' first team offense looked pretty decent against the New England Patriots. And I went back and looked at the film. Kyle Long was doing his thing, and that's why uh, you know Jeremy Langford had some big holes and uh, some big runs in that uh, in that game when the first team offense was out there. And then he 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 goes down, and the offense just falls apart and looks like garbage. Uh, last week against the Chiefs, so I, you know, I think we saw we got a glimpse of what the offense would look like without Kyle Long out there. It's not a pretty picture, so the Bears need him back. And uh, whether or not he needs surgery after the season, I don't think they're going to do anything right away. And if it gets worse, maybe they'll uh, consider some of their options. But I think Long's going to be out there in Week One, and uh, as long as he can uh, stand it, uh, you know, he'll be he'll be his old usual Pro Bowl self out there. Can't say the same for Pernell McPhee. There was a report out. Uh, by, I believe, NFL.com that said McPhee could start the season on the physically unable to perform list, which does not surprise me at all. I've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. I've seen him out there. He doesn't look like he's ready to play. He still has that limp, and he just doesn't look like he's in football anywhere near football shape at this point. We talked a little bit about this, about the impact that that would have and how the outside linebacker position is very deep for the Bears, but does this... how? Is this a bigger impact than maybe we thought now that it's actually kind of a realistic thing that he's going to miss probably the first six games of the year? Absolutely. Uh, You know, I was actually just thinking about that today. It it really, it somewhat changes my outlook on the season and not so much from a, you know, a two or three win perspective. But I mean, this is, this is a big, this is probably the best player on the defensive side of the ball for the Bears. And I, I can't help but wonder you know, we we saw what uh, Willie Young said about how this you know could be a career-ending injury for people, and he's come back from this. It, you know, I'm sorry, but this isn't a knee scope, and this is something that has confused me from day one with Ryan Pace and John Fox. It's like they're they're obviously withholding some sort of information. I don't think they mishandled the injury in terms of uh, you know what it is that he needed done outside of realistically. I mean, they were out of it what in week 14 when he played last year, they should have pulled him then. But it just it makes you wonder. Obviously, it's not just an e-scope. A guy doesn't sit out 6 to 7 months on an e-scope. I don't know what it is. It almost kind of seems like a microfracture or, or something along the lines of that, but to keep him out this long, I mean, just to give you an idea, Justin Houston tore his uh, towards ACL at some point last year and he's also being put on the same he's also being put on the pup list I mean he's not going to be able to play until week six either so it kind of gives you an idea obviously this is not an e-scope this is something bigger and it kind of makes you wonder you know what else is going on Um, how far along is he and is this going to be something that is going to that's going to hurt him I mean luckily they have some depth on the the outside linebacker but if you really look at the depth a lot of that had to do with the fact that Pernell McPhee was going to be starting and you have a guy like Leonard Floyd who even though he was a first round pick is he's raw i mean this isn't a guy that you want out there 70 80 percent of snaps so now they're down to if they have one more injury uh before mcphee comes back i mean they could be in some trouble and that's something that they're really going to need we've seen how bad their defensive backs have been uh they really need to have that strong pressure from the front seven so yeah i do i do think this is a pretty sizable impact even if it is for six weeks yeah, and I I know it does seem a little stretchy, and I don't know, you know, it's it, we don't have any uh, inside information as to what actually went down as far as the, the surgery that he had. But uh, he, this is a player with an injury history. He has had surgery on his knee before, and uh, it, it could just be a case of, hey, he had a stroke, but, man, this is a banged-up knee that's uh, really torn up, and uh, he's had some setbacks. I don't know, but obviously, clearly, he's not ready to play football right now. I can tell you that. 
uh, just from from seeing him with my own eyes. So yeah, the Bears are going to have to weather this storm, and uh, you know it takes a position that was the the deepest position, arguably the deepest position on the team, and it kind of puts it at risk. Like you point out, another guy goes down if Houston goes down, or if Willie Young goes down, then all of a sudden it becomes a position at risk. So uh, you would six games is what Pernell McPhee will miss at least if he's on that pup list, and you would hope that for Bears fans' sake it would be on the the uh, the low end of that scale. Because they could, uh, I think they have five weeks after that to activate him or put him on IR. So uh, at any point there, they might be able to get him back. Otherwise, he goes on IR and they miss him throughout the season. But we'll see there. That's that's a big loss for the Bears and it's a big loss for the defense. Uh, because you pointed out, the secondary can't do this on its own. And then the secondary is a horrible, horrible injured mess right now, particularly at the cornerback position. Tracy Porter and the uh, concussion protocol right now. Kyle Fuller does not look like that he's going to be ready uh, for the start of the season because of that knee injury. And their third guy that who uh, was their starting uh, slot corner and uh, the number one backup at both those boundary corner positions, Bryce Callahan, he's also injured. So today at practice, we were looking at Demontre Hurst in the slot with Jap- Jacoby Glenn and the rookie DeAndre Hall as the starting cornerbacks. That's an issue. I, I, that's an issue for me, and I think it's an issue for this entire defense. And, and going back to the outside linebacker position, they can't. If those cornerbacks can't hang, uh, they're going to be relying on those on those guys to pressure the quarterbacks. And if they can't do it, if McPhee's out there, if they get another injury, or Floyd can't step up the way that we think he's going to be able to, all of a sudden, what we thought was going to be a strength and the, uh, you know the, a part of a defense that was going to be able to you know make up for the other uh, deficiencies just not going to be there. It's a scary situation. I mean, it sounds to me like you're a little bit concerned about it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's a sizable issue right now, and especially with the way their defensive backs have played, it's uh, it's a concern. So it's it's just one of those things we're going to have to see what happens. Uh, the fact that Ian Rappaport put it out uh, definitely kind of mm-hmm. brings it to light a little bit more and kind of puts a little bit more credibility behind it outside of you know just wondering what's going to go on with him. So at this point, I'm, I've already had it in my mind. It's going to be he's going to be there. From, you know, he's going to be gone for at least the first six weeks. Now the good news is uh, they have a pretty pretty nice start to the schedule so hopefully they can get off to a decent start hopefully he can come back for a stretch run if they are in that playoff run absolutely now let's uh just a couple other injuries that we'll, we'll talk about and then we, we'll uh, get to this 53-man roster projections um uh Deontay Thompson Dion Bush Bryce Callahan as I mentioned they all missed practice today a new injury Danny Sherbathan has a hamstring injury uh, that kept him off the practice field today no idea what the severity of the injury is but that's a new one for Trevathan, something to, um worth monitoring going forward so there's your banged up bears heading into the final preseason game just having seen you know just after three preseason games we've been talking about this team we've seen them you've you've read my reports how are you feeling Aaron about this team well you know it's the preseason has not gone the way I don't think anybody expected and I, I agree I mean we've we've talked about it a little bit on the message boards with everybody and I definitely think there is some concerns there that I thought would get situated. But when all is said and done, uh, I really do think that this is still going to be a vastly improved team. I mean, there's a lot of improvements that have been made. There is some unknowns. But, you know, especially in the secondary, I mean, we talk about how bad the corner play has been. And that was something that was an issue last year. I mean, there was a lot of unknowns. And for the first three weeks of the season, they looked pretty bad. Uh, But... Once again, they have Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel. I mean, that's two of the best guys in the game to have on your side when you're looking at defenses and especially at defensive backs. So I think, uh, you know, the first, like I said, the first few weeks are going to be big. They have a lot of winnable games in that stretch. Uh, but it, it's really just going to depend on how well they gel together. I'm definitely, 
I think even at worst case scenario right now, I think you're still looking at at least a six and ten, uh, maybe seven and nine team. But I had him projected at nine and seven. Um, but obviously, there's been some things with the McPhee uh, injury, with the injuries at corner, uh, a little bit of question marks there, and then with the Teddy Bridgewater thing, I need to really go back and kind of reassess it. I mean, it doesn't really mean much to most people you know okay Teddy Bridgewater may be out for the year but I mean that's two games that the Bears play a team like that so uh but overall like I I don't think they're a playoff team this year and I've kind of said that all along I think they could be and I think they could surprise people but uh I think this is more probably an eight and eight nine and seven team and you know it could it could be worse but I don't think it's going to be worse than it was last year yeah, I think 8-8, eight 9-7, eight, that's about the ceiling for this group. I think they've already dealt with some injuries, which has exposed their lack of depth. And I don't. I think it's unrealistic to, unrealistic to expect them to stay healthy for the rest of the season. And, you know, those those players that we see now out there are probably going to have to get out there and play on when those games do count. And that's probably not going to go very well. If they were to somehow stay healthy, get some of these crucial guys back on the field, I do think that 9-7 and seven is a possibility. If, if a few things go right, 10-6, and six, who knows? But I think if injuries start happening, this is a crew that just doesn't have the horses to really stay in the game at that point. And I think that things could spiral out of control very quickly. Uh, but I, I, to me, my biggest issue is the offensive line. I think the defensive front is going to be much improved. That will help the defense in general, particularly that secondary. But can the offense do anything to you know keep pace when that defense isn't holding up and the Packers are rolling up points? Is the offense going to be able to get in those shootouts? And I just I don't know if you don't have an offensive line that can do it, uh, it's not going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen. It doesn't matter how good your, your position players are. So getting Kyle Long back is crucial. Keeping him out there will be crucial uh, more than more so than pretty much any other player on this team because if they can't keep Kyle Long out, then we're going to go back to what we saw last week against the Chiefs and. That was ugly football on the offense. So, you know, uh, Bears fans need to, uh, you know, uh, uh, do do as much uh, praying or hoping or wishing or whatever it takes to make sure that Kyle Long stays on the field this year. So, with that said, let's discuss this 53-man roster, how we see this coming uh, to fruition and, and, and where the Bears are going to, you know, what are the strengths and weaknesses on this team are going to be. So, let's start quarterback. I think we can both agree Jay Cutler and uh, Brian Hoyer are your, your your top two quarterbacks. I don't see them keeping David Fales on the roster. They might try and slide him down uh, to the practice squad, although we know that the Patriots have already uh, shown a little interest in Fales. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with him and whether or not they'll be able to do that. I think they would have loved to uh, try to sneak Shaw down onto the practice squad, but uh, the, that broken leg kind of hurts them in that category. Disagree? Agree? No, I 100% agree. I thought it was a little interesting. John Fox and really Connor Shaw for that point have both talked about uh, the future a lot. And it's kind of interesting to me that, you know, you know, John Fox says he has a bright future in Chicago. And, you know, Connor Shaw keeps talking about how, you know, he wants to be there with his teammates. And so I think I really do think he's going to have a future. Obviously, he's on IR this year. Um, so in a, in a sense, I think that kind of helps him because I don't think they're going to get him down to the practice squad. But realistically, I mean, they don't have any other choice except for Brian Hoyer. He didn't look too bad last week. I get. I don't really know. I mean, it's really he about <laughs> it before, and it, it was like, oh, okay, well, you know, you got Brian Hoyer, so maybe you know he can last a game or two, and the Bears won't be in too much trouble. I'm right back to where I was with Jimmy Clausen. I, I think you know he's he's probably better than Jimmy Clausen is, but if if Jake Cutler goes down for any more than a game or two, they're in tr- they're in trouble. But that is what it, that you know that that's the reason that quarterback is such a rare position and such a hard position to find players for. Bears are one of many teams in that position. Yeah, and I, I yeah, like you point out, I think you could probably say the same thing about all 32 NFL teams. 
teams. Uh, most teams don't have that starting caliber guy waiting in the wings. So I, I think I, I don't think the Clausen comparison is fair. I know he hasn't looked at that great, but believe me, just based on what I've seen out of these, uh, <clears throat> having seen Clausen up close and now Hoyer up close, I do think that Hoyer is a little bit more poised, a little bit more experienced, and a little bit more confident to get the job done if Cutler does go down. But you're right, it won't be pretty either way. So uh, and I think you bring up a good point. It's worth talking about uh, that the fact that the what were the Bears going to do with Connor Shaw? They probably weren't going to be able to sneak him out of the practice squad. Other teams tried to claim Shaw when the Browns uh, waived him. So if the Bears were going to waive him, they were going to have a hard time getting him on that practice squad. And now they can guarantee that, uh, you know, they can give him that re- that reserve contract early in January and February and bring him back out there and see what he can do. He was by far the best quarterback, backup quarterback on the roster. I know I, uh, you and I had talked about it. I've written about it a bunch. And it was really disappointing. Even when he was playing well, he 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 came in for Hoyer when Hoyer couldn't do anything. And four plays later, uh, Connor Shaw had him in the end zone. So that was the type of quarterback... Uh, you know, the potential that he had, it was really, really sad to see him go down and, uh, you know, we'll see what he can do next year when I'm sure he'll get another invite to training camp. So moving on, running back position. This is interesting and I want to include the fullbacks in this as well. Uh, I, I was having some talks with a couple of guys and uh, there's a lot of people who believe that the Bears are going to keep five and now they're going to keep Langford, they're going to keep Carey, uh, Howard, Jacquiz Rogers and Paul Lasicki. Uh, who uh, is the fullback right now. They cut Daryl Young in that first set of cuts, so the uh, is the only uh, fullback on the roster. And the belief is, and I've heard multiple, multiple people tell me this, is that they plan on just deactivating Jor- Jordan Howard on game days early on in the season uh, until he gets ready to go and until he gets up to speed and really shows some value. Because otherwise, you know, because the other guys on the team are all established, we know what they can do, and uh, they want to get that fullback on the roster. Uh, how do you how do you feel about that? I'm 100 percent agree. So that's exactly what I have. I actually have mine typed out and sitting in front of me. I, I really think you know Sonoris Perry was always going to be the odd man out. Uh, I think last year he would have made this roster uh, just based on the fact that I don't think they valued Kadeem Carey as high. Um, but this year, I mean, Carey has shown a lot to me, and I've been one of his bigger critics. I was a big fan of him coming out of college. Really didn't show me much until uh, last year, but. He's got a nice style, and I think he really compliments everybody else. And he's actually shown some pretty good hands in preseason. He's got, what, three catches for 30-some-odd yards? I mean, he he's made some nice catches. Uh, now, Lasiki surprises me a little bit in terms of I thought Young was going to come in and win the job. I thought when they signed Young, that was kind of their way saying, you know, Lasiki's had his chance, and he didn't he didn't take it. But, uh, you know, they kind of split reps up a little bit. Both of them got reps on special teams. Both of them got uh, offensive reps. Uh I think both of them only played two snaps a lot. You know, each each player played two snaps last game, but at this point in time, it's obvious that their commitment to the run is there, and he's looked pretty pretty solid. So, I mean, why not? I mean, five five backs at this point. Uh, like you said, Jordan Howard's probably going to be the guy that is inactive, which is fine. Uh, I think it'll switch between him and Kadeem Carey. I know at least everything I've read and heard has said that Jacquiz Rogers is a big uh, coach favorite, and I think that's going to continue to be the case. Yeah, and I think Jacquiz Rogers right now is going to enter the season as their third down back, which has a lot of value, and he's also uh, one of their core special teams players. So he's not going anywhere, and you're right, the Bears. John Fox loves Kadeem Carey, I can tell you that for a fact. So that's why he's going to maintain his roster spot. And I think Kadeem Carey is the one back on on this roster right now 
maybe Jordan Howard in the future, but right now, if Langford goes down, Terry's the guy who has that still set to be that workhorse back and to get those uh, 15, 20 touches and really pound the rock and, and be a between-the-tackles uh, effective ball carrier. So, uh, yeah, I think that I think they're probably going to go with five there, and I think that we can expect that. And, and that way that gives them some more options to continue to lean on that run game. Wide receiver is wide receiver and tight end are the two positions where I'm a little there's some toss ups there and there's a lot of uh, you know I think most of the other positions I can I can confidently say who's going to be there but wide receiver and tight end both positions uh, I think the, the bottom part of of those positions there's some uh, some you know a lot of options and it's really going to go out one way or the other just based on how the coaches feel about them so when you're looking at wide receiver I could see them keeping six. Uh, especially if they want to keep Deontay Thompson just because of what he brings in the return game. But then you're looking at Jeffrey White, uh, uh, Eddie Royal, and then probably Bellamy and Mariani. And I think you try and sneak Cameron Meredith and Daniel Braverman onto the practice squad. What do you think? You know, I I agree. Uh, that's And that's something I've gone back and forth with, and I'm glad to see I'm not the only one that seems to have trouble projecting the receivers and the tight ends. But when you look at receivers – Here's the issue. Now, I like Daniel Braverman. Uh, you know, he had a really good camp. Hasn't really shown much in preseason. Then uh, that was I, somewhat to be expected. But the the problem is, is you have Eddie Royal, who's making four and a half million dollars guaranteed this year. He's not. He's probably not going anywhere. As much as it may make some sense to cut him because he can't stay healthy, uh, it seems like he's going to stay on the roster. Now you have Mark Mariani, uh, who is older than Daniel Braverman, but he's shown that he's a reliable guy. He's a kick returner. He's a punt returner. He's a good. He's just a good player to have on the roster. Um, so ultimately, yeah, I, I agree right there. And then also I think Josh Bellamy has definitely got the, the head up over really any of the other – I guess you can call him reserve receivers at this point. I think he's got some good special teams value. Uh, Brian Hoyer seems to like him a pretty good amount too. Now, the last – the thing that I'm a little curious on is what they're going to do. I think they'll keep six receivers as well, but I'm not really sure – what they're going to do at that last receiver spot. Now, I know Deontay Thompson makes the most sense to me just because of his returnability. He's got a little bit of speed to be able to stretch the field. But uh, they gave B.J. Daniels a chance, and I wasn't overly impressed. Um, but, you know, he, he made that nice catch in the end zone and the end of game two, uh, and he had some okay returns. I, I think, really, if, if Thompson can't stay healthy and they can't see what they need to see out of him, I think he could be a guy that ends up sneaking on. But the biggest question right now for me is, who is going to return kicks? I mean, I know that Mark Mariani is a guy who can do both, but do the Bears really want to go into that again? I mean, we were ju- we just got done talking a few months ago about Omar Bolden, the signing of him, and the re-signing of Deontay Thompson. And now we're looking at the fact that if Deontay Thompson gets cut, I mean, they're going to be right back where they were in the kick return and punt return department. And that's something that I don't like. So that's why I've kind of gone back and forth a little bit. But I do agree with you. I don't think Daniel Braverman is going to make the 53 unless uh, something happens at slot. You can't carry three slot receivers, in my opinion. That just doesn't really make much sense. Yeah, and I, I think that you know, you bring up a good point, uh, you know, in terms of the, the kick returner, and that's why I just assume that Deontay Thompson is going to make the roster because we saw what happened last year and, and the impact that Thompson made in that kick return game. The Bears were one of the worst teams in terms of average kick return yards when Thompson showed up, and by the end of the season, they were better than than middle of the pack. So he had such a major return and a major impact, and he brings that speed element that no one really has uh, which just makes me think that hey, you know, if you have to if you have to choose between him or like you said, B.J. Daniels or uh, even uh, Cameron Meredith, who's looked very good, 
you probably have to go with Thompson just because of what he he provides as a kick returner. But I think, like you point out, Josh Bellamy, uh, he's one of their core special teams guys. So I don't think he's going anywhere. So yeah, uh, you know, I think Daniel Braverman is, Braverman is more of a uh, Chicago beat writer crush than a national crush. And I don't think that the Bears are going to really have a whole lot of problems slipping him and sneaking him down onto the practice squad. Uh, same goes with Cameron Meredith, who I think is entering his, uh, his is this his second NFL season now? Nobody's ever really tried to grab him. So. Uh, I think you can get him both on, get them both onto the practice squad and be just fine there and have some guys to bring up in case of injuries or uh, guys that underperform. Tight end, another position. We know we have Zach Miller. What do you have after that? I mean, I think uh, Tony Moyaki, probably their best pass catching option among the other. Uh, those other backups, uh, Rob Hauser has looked good at times. Uh, Kari Lee seems to still have a little bit of value. And then there's Greg Scruggs, who might be their best blocking option. So uh, I guess if I had to guess right now, I would say Miller, Moyaki, and Scruggs. But it would not surprise me at all if they have some other combination of Hausler lee or Hausler-Scruggs, Moyaki-Lee. Some, some other combination because really nobody has stood out among that backup tight end position. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think right now I have Zach Miller, Tony Moyaki, and Kari Lee. And I think really the only reason I have even remotely kept Lee on the roster at this point is the fact that they gave up a six-round pick for him. And I still – I don't understand that. But we won't get into that. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think with Moyaki, uh, and maybe it's just because I've always kind of been a fan of his, I think that he makes sense to be on the roster. Now the only issue with that is the fact that you've got – two of your top three tight ends that are going to be, uh, you know, I guess injury-prone guys. So uh, Rob Hausler has had some flashy moments at times. I mean, neither one of those guys are really too much of the blockers. And then uh, Greg Scruggs seems to be a guy I honestly thought when they moved him to tight end, I figured, okay, this is going to be a guy that's going to stick around two, three weeks, maybe make it in the training camp, and that's going to be the end of it. But uh, he seems to be impressing. And that's something, especially with the shaky Bears offensive line is right now, I think they do need that blocking tight end. So with that being said, it also wouldn't surprise me if they decide to forego a fullback. I don't think it'll happen. But if they decide to go or forego the fullback, I could see them keeping two blocking tight ends and two receiving tight ends. Now, on the other side of that, uh, there could be some some cut options come available. I think they could have their eye on the AJ Derby uh, from the tight end from uh, the Patriots that looked pretty good. I mean, they had a week to practice with them, but uh, as of right now, with what they have on the roster, I think I'd go uh, Miller, Mowiaki, Lee, and that's about it. Yeah, the only reason I bring up Scruggs is because Jay Cutler uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, maybe it was three weeks ago, Was it, I think it was during training camp, was asked about which tight end of that backup group had made some type of impact, and he brought up Scruggs. So Jay Cutler's not the type of guy who's just going to talk somebody up unless they deserve it. So if he stood out to Cutler, maybe he, did, he stood out to the coaching staff as well. We haven't seen, like I said, anybody really stand out on film in these preseason games. So it's tough to, tough to gauge how they're going to go there, but at least we know Zach Miller will be there, and then uh, some average players <laughs> will round out that tight end group. Speaking of average, now let's move on to the offensive line. And, uh, you know, we, we know what the, the starting group will be. That's going to be Leno, Whitehair, Larson, Long, and uh, Massey, assuming everybody's healthy. And then I think just because of uh, the injuries that they've already had at the position and just the lack of overall talent that they have at the position, I think we're looking at nine guys on this offensive line who are going to make the team. And uh, I think you're probably going to keep Cornelius Edison, maybe Amini Silatolu at the swing guard position, and then maybe two maybe two tackles, maybe both Jerry Williams and Mike Adams uh, to, to back up uh, uh, Massey and Leno. Really, though, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure 
which one of those guys is a better option. I think Gary Williams is probably a little better, but neither one of them has looked all that great. Uh, what are your thoughts on the offensive line? Yeah, I'm right there. Man, this is uh, probably not turning into a, f- a fun one for all the guys looking for us to uh, clash opinions here. But, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I, I have nine, and uh, maybe it's easy for the simple fact that there really isn't very many good offensive linemen on this team right now. I think out of all the backups, I would say Gary Williams has probably been the most consistent. Uh, pro football focus seems like him, so that's, I guess, good. I don't I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to tell with their grades lately, but – you know, you have a guy in Cornelius Edison uh, who got some reps at center, starting reps at center. Um, John Fox called it a decent performance. I don't really know if that's a ringing endorsement, but, you know, we'll just have to see with that one. And then the one that's a little interesting to me is Amini Sila Tulo. Uh, he was somebody that they brought in that, you know, he had the injury. He got back off, uh, got back off the pup and... I kind of thought he was going to do a little bit more, but at least from what I saw last week, he was the third. He came in with the third uh, wave of offensive linemen. Um, so I think between those and, I, man, I don't know. I, I have a hard time looking at Mike Adams and saying, you know, this guy deserves a spot in the roster in the NFL. I mean, he got blown up, and I mean blown up on two straight run plays. Uh, I think it was that when they had the second and one that turned into a third and one that turned into a fourth and one that turned into a turnover on downs. Uh, so I think they're going to look for some some help. Uh, a few names that came available just while we're talking about the offensive line. Uh, there's been Jeff Schwartz has come available. Brian Stork, I don't think – I don't know if he's ever going to play football again. He couldn't pass a physical. But there's two names that actually became available today that were pretty interesting. And uh, one of those is uh, John Sullivan, uh, the – it was a starting center for the Vikings up until he got hurt last year. And I think that's a name that they could look at. He's 31 years old, but he fits his own blocking scheme. And ultimately, I think he's better than Ted Larson is right now. I'm not saying he would start. Uh, and then the other guy that ended up uh, getting cut from Seattle, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. That's pretty bad. I don't know why. But we'll just go with the Seattle uh, center that just got cut not too long ago because I can't remember his name and I don't feel like looking it up. But I think he's another option. Uh you know, for them if they want to go in the depth. But if they have the same, you know, if they have the nine guys right now, I think the other one that could surprise uh, and who's actually looked pretty solid has been Jason Weaver. I think that's another one. He can move inside at guard. He can play tackle. So I think that's kind of got some value. And the same thing with Gary Williams. He can play guard and tackle. So maybe get a little bit of versatility on offensive line. But either way, they're going to be going in and there's going to be a lot of holes there. Yeah, I think that's a good point about Jason Weaver. I forgot to mention him. He has played both tackle and guard. So maybe that versatility could win him a job over somebody like Silatolo, who has not looked that great. Uh, moving on, and uh, I know we're, we're running a little bit long here, so we're going to get going on this. Uh, outside linebacker, we've discussed a lot. I don't think we need to go too much further. I do think Sam Acho makes the team just because uh, he has been one of the core special uh, teams guys, and just with the uncertainty of, about Pernell McPhee, I think Acho makes it, and then maybe down the road, uh, Roy Robertson-Harris can maybe get in there and see what he can do as well. Inside linebacker, a little bit more of a question mark, though. Uh, you know, outside of Freeman and Trevathan, uh, we, we, we discussed inside uh, Christian Jones moving to inside linebacker. I think he makes the team because of his special teams value and his versatility at both outside linebacker and inside linebacker. What do you do uh, if, you only, if you're only going to keep four inside linebackers? I mean, you might have to keep five because you're not going to 
Trot, Nick Kwiatkowski, even though he hasn't really played a whole lot recently. I mean, there's a fourth-round fourth round pick that you're trying to get to take a leap of faith on. John Fox even said that as well. So then maybe you're looking at a, a decision to, between either Jonathan Anderson or John Timu. I'm not exactly how sure how they're going to uh, finalize uh, that the end of that uh, inside linebacker position. Maybe Anderson stays and they, and they put Timu back down on the practice squad. What are your thoughts there? Uh, I prefer John Timu personally. I think he's obviously a little bit more of a Mike, but I think he's a better all you know all around linebacker. I'd say so. Here's my thought: uh, you have outside linebacker. I think they're going to end up keeping four, and I think that will four. Okay, whatever. Either way, I think Pernell McPhee is going to end up on the pup. So realistically, a situation that you could have that would kind of solve both issues, at least for the time being, is you have a guy in Christian Jones who can play both outside and inside linebacker. So you could throw him as, let's say, your fourth outside linebacker, and you can keep uh, Kwiatkowski, who's going to be there. He They traded up for him in the fourth round, and I'm going to go ahead and go with Jonathan T- or John Timo. You can also go with Jonathan Anderson. Either way, I think that kind of solves a little bit of the issue right then and there because McPhee won't count against the roster until at least week six sure yep that's how i see it as well moving on to the defensive line this is pretty cut and dry for me and i think there's going to be one surprise cut or maybe not a surprise but a a substantial cut and that will be eagle ferguson i do not believe he's going to make the team this year uh the top six guys are going to be the starters right now hicks uh, Eddie Goldman and Mitch Unrein. And then the backups are going to be Jonathan Bullard, uh, Will Sutton at nose tackle, and Cornelius Washington, who's just outplayed Edo Ferguson, uh, particularly as a three technique uh, passing. Uh, down uh, defensive tackle. I think he, he just brings a lot more penetration, a lot more promise in that ability, and Ferguson is going to be one of those uh, roster cuts. Uh, moving on, uh, or Ferguson, do you want to say something for Ferguson? Uh, no, I, I definitely agree. The one thing I will add on Cornelius Washington is two things. One, he played a little bit of nose tackle uh, this last week and looked pretty impressive doing it. He only played five snaps. And two, one of the biggest things with Washington is the fact that he's got really good length and he's got very good special teams uh, value. And I think that's why they're going to keep him on the roster. But I do agree. I think Ego Ferguson's gone. Yeah, he's, I mean, Washington has also looked very good on defense as well. And like you point out, yeah, he did play nose tackle. And he's such a physical beast you think that he's just strong enough to play inside like he doesn't need to be 330 pounds like he has the strength of a 330 pounder you know so uh yeah i think he's a lot to make the roster especially with his special teams value cornerback here's another position where you know who knows what they're gonna do here a lot of this is based on the health of kyle fuller whether or not they think tracy porter's gonna come back where's bryce callahan in his recovery right now i mean you're talking those top three guys and then sheriff mcmanus is gonna stay because of his special teams value so DeAndre Hall, he stays because he's a fourth-round pick. What do you do with Jacoby Glenn? What do you do with Demontre Hurst? Do those guys find a roster spot? What are, you, what are your thoughts at corner? Well, defensive back as a whole is really interesting because you have some versatility there. Um, and like you pointed out, DeAndre Hall is going to make the roster um, right. for the simple fact that he's a fourth-round pick. But you start looking at some of these other guys, and I think as long as Quan Williams uh, passes his, his physical, I, I think he's on the roster, and realistically he'll probably end up starting at some point in time. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, right now I have six corners making the team, um, and I think I have Sherrick McManus as my last guy. I'll just put it that way. And the reason I have him there is because – I think he brings a lot of good special teams value. But with that being said, uh, they could keep five corners and they could go with a guy like Chris Brzezinski at safety. I don't know. I mean, really, or they could go with the Montre Hurst, who's played both. But realistically, I'm not a big fan of Hurst. I don't think he 
I, I don't think he's really shown that much. I know he's got some special teams values, versatile, but it's really kind of a toss-up at this point. Hey, add a veteran for all I care at this. You know, it's just it's kind of getting to that point where anybody who's on that roster, including Glenn, uh, I don't know how much time they're going to see. Yeah, and the Bears did add a veteran today, and we'll talk about him. You mentioned him, Quan Williams. We'll talk about him once we get to the safeties here. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Bears, they know that they're in dire straits at that cornerback position, especially when uh, the guys that they were counting on are already injured and there's no sign of them returning. So uh, that's that's just such a tough position. Uh, who, it's a, just a war of attrition, and, and you know maybe they'll probably have to keep six just because so many guys are banged up at this point. I think safety is pretty much cut and dry, and uh, the one there might – it's not cut and dry. I think there's a possibility for a fifth. But I think the top four easily, Adrian Amos, Harold Jones, Cordy, uh, Deion Bush, and Prasinski. But what do you do with DeAndre Houston Carson? I think uh, he is not on any of the first team special teams units, which is an issue for me, especially for a guy who was touted as such a special teams uh, product, a sixth-round guy where you look for those special teams guys. Uh, he just really hasn't shown it to me in that area and really hasn't stood out at safety. Uh, if you're the GM, who do you keep? Brzezinski, Houston Carson? What, what, what's your call here? Well, that's a good question, and it kind of goes back to you know versatility. I think Houston Carson has a little bit of versatility. Brzezinski really doesn't, but Brzezinski provides such good special teams value, and it's somebody that they're more comfortable with. So I right. I can't really give you an answer. I, I have Houston Carson for the simple fact that he's a draft pick, but like I said, I mean they could very easily, in my projections, drop Sherrick McManus and keep – Chris Brzezinski and then go from there so uh, I think they'll keep 10 defensive backs total it's just a matter of if it's going to be Brzezinski or if it's going to be Houston Carson Uh, but the fact that Houston Carson's not playing on any of the number one special teams units is not a good sign for him considering that's kind of what he was brought in to do (laughs) yep I agree and that's that's what's been concerning for me and which is why I think that could be a possibility that they try and slide him out of the practice squad but uh, we'll see those are those are our roster projections only a few Spots here and there, wide receiver, tight end in the, in the secondary, some some open spots still up for the uh, up for grabs in tomorrow's or I'm sorry Thursday's preseason finale against the Cleveland Browns. Now the Bears did make one move, Quan Williams. They uh, claimed off of waivers from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you had some uh, some information on Williams today. Why don't you give us an update? Yeah, I uh, basically spoke with the source today and just trying to get the lowdown. I mean, you heard about all the different stuff that went on when he was in Cleveland. He had the he had the foot injury with the bone spurs, and then somehow the Browns ended up suspending him and all this other fun stuff. So ultimately what I was told was he got a cortisone shot last week. Uh, he should be good to go for week one in terms of he should be able to start practicing probably next week for them. Uh, the biggest thing is where is his fitness level going to be at? He really hasn't been playing football the last few weeks, so it may take him a little bit to get into that. Um, but overall at least from what i was told uh they should he should be good to go for week one uh, the plan is for him to have surgery after the offseason now he is in his third year he's an undrafted free agent so he will be a restricted free agent next year but he's actually put out some pretty good numbers uh i think this is somebody that can fly in a little bit under the radar he's five nine but uh if he is healthy and he plays nearly what he was in uh, cleveland i think this is going to be a very good pickup for the bears yeah, I agree, and, and really at this point you can't do you can't go wrong at the cornerback position. And when you get a guy who has ten starts in his career over the past uh, two seasons, seventy-seven tackles, two sacks, ten pass breakups, and three forced fumbles, he's been productive out there when he's been put on the field, and uh, has has more experience than guys like Bryce Callahan and uh, uh, Demontre Hurst. 
you know, I, I think that the Bears just know that they're in dire straits at cornerback and they need to get other bodies in there, experienced bodies, and this is an opportunity they couldn't pass up. The biggest issue is the, the health of that foot, but uh, like your source pointed out, uh, he should be go, ready to go for week one, and I think he's de- if that is the case, he's definitely going to uh, challenge for uh, playing time when the regular season comes around. And that regular season is going to be here before we know it, guys. Uh, Bears-Browns on Thursday of this week, and then next Sunday is when we kick it off against the Houston Texans. Uh, man, it's going to be here right. It's going to be here before we know it. I mean, is, is there could there be any more excitement and anticipation right now for you at least? Um, no, I, I think it's I think it's going to be a fun season. I'm definitely ready to get past David Fales Thursday because I think he's going to play most of the game. But uh, you know, and at least from what I read, it looks like uh, the Browns are going to be starting their starters, so that should be fun. So once again, guys, uh, <laughs> it's preseason. Don't look at the score. Don't really pay any attention. A lot of the guys that you're going to see are either fighting for roster spots or not going to make roster spots. This game is going to mean absolutely nothing. Uh, just be glad that none of the starters are going to be getting hurt on the bare side of the ball. Yeah, I, I really think that that's probably the one thing that you can hope for the most is that the Bears just walked away from this game not getting too many injuries. I think most of those roster spots are probably settled up. A few that are probably going to be decided tomorrow, but not many. And uh, this is just going to be a meaningless game in almost every sense of the word. But it is football, NFL football, and the real stuff will be just around the corner. Thanks for sticking with us here for the past we're looking at about 41 minutes right now, so we went a little bit over. So if you're still sticking around, we appreciate it. And uh, we will be back next week previewing that week one contest uh, between the Bears and the Houston Texans. So we, uh, we, we we look forward to talking with you then. If you want to follow Aaron on Twitter, you can do it at Aaron Lemming NFL. You can give me a follow as well at Bear Report. View all of our content in one place at the Bear Report Facebook page. You can subscribe uh, to the Bear Report podcast, which is on a new channel on iTunes, so you may have to resubscribe, but we are set up on iTunes again. I know that some of you had an issue uh, with the old host, so uh, get back on there, resubscribe, and uh, get all the Bear Report podcasts sent to your iPhone, and uh, that'll be about that'll do it for us this week, guys. Like I said, we'll be back next week with regular season preview. Bears, Texans, can't wait. We will talk to you then. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.